Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, fear not, Doug McCary is back in the studio today. How is it going today, uh, Doug? It's going good. Did you guys do okay on Friday? Yeah. We, we had a good time. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I had a good trip out to uh, Denton Bible Church oh, in, nice. in Dallas, Texas. Got to see Tommy Nelson, and uh, he was uh, great, as usual, just uh, at preaching the word. Also got to hear another guy on staff out there, a guy named Calvin Clark, who uh, played, I think he played football at um, Purdue. Oh, okay. And, uh, Is he from Indiana, do you know? I think so. Yeah, hey. he's been very, very active with FCA and stuff. And uh, uh, Calvin shared uh, some really good stuff. I, I asked Calvin if he'd be a guest on SWAT Radio. He said he would. So I, he talks about the good, the bad, and the ugly mm. sin produced by man. And um, you know, he he really he just talked about how you know all these problems we're dealing with, whether it's um, you know, sex, abortion, gender identity, looting, rioting, uh, you know, ethnic prejudice, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's sin. Yeah. That's the root of the issue. And he talks about the only thing that is going to affect change is not critical theory, but Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was really powerful. So I asked him if he'd be our guest. He said he would. And then I'm going to have Tommy on. Because Tommy and them are doing a conference in June called Woke or something, and mm. it's really he's going to have Daryl Harrison, who is our guest on, and some other people share about that. So uh, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, uh, Tommy uh, just he, he, over throughout four different sessions. They normally I don't know how many men they had. I think we probably had about three or four hundred guys out there mm. from around. Some they come from different places, but. The theme throughout it all was just, if we are his, we walk according to his word, we walk for his glory, we live out his priorities, and we live by his providence. And that's really the Christian life. I mean, like, and that was the theme that he just kept going on and on and on. And one of the things that really struck me, you know, we have a meeting tomorrow night on discipleship here, and uh, there was a guy out there, 95 years old. Oh, wow who meets three times a week. He meets on Tuesdays with 20 men. Mm. He meets on Wednesdays with another group and Thursdays with another group, teaching them mm. about God's word and discipling these men. 95. That's pretty Meet, cool. That, yeah. that, I mean, like, he's not slowing down. He's right. not stopping. And so uh, it was It was good to be around Tommy uh, and, and be around people that that – that's really a priority, and I had got a chance to go out to lunch with Tommy afterwards, and we just talked about what's going on in our culture and how, you know, as believers, we need to stand firm. We need to stand, and, uh, you know, up in uh, Canada, 
there there was uh, a guy um, who uh, got thrown in jail. I don't know mm-hmm. if you read about that. Yep. And, uh, you know, John MacArthur has stood firm out in his uh, church out in California. Uh, caught a lot of backlash being fined out there. Uh, there's other places, other churches that are being, uh, you know, harassed. People in China, uh, people in North Korea um, are being harassed uh, for just believing in Jesus and standing firm. And I want to read a letter that was written out to Grace Community Church out in California. And from the pastor in Canada, this this is uh, it, it is from that pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, this was while he was in jail, right? Uh, no, this no, is recently. Wasn't? Okay. Um, to Grace Church, which is the God that you know, Grace Community Church, which is in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It sounds like a letter in the New Testament, actually. Mm-hmm. Grace to you and peace in Him. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has super abundantly glorified Himself through you. Talking about Grace Church for decades, you have been the strong and steadfast pillar and a support of the truth. So much so, the Lord has established many other beacons of truth throughout this world as a direct result of your ministry. You have exemplified a profound love for the brethren, warm service and hospitality, an undeniable love for God and his word. In fact, his word has sounded forth from you with such power and precision that the fruit of your ministry is absolutely immeasurable this side of heaven. Pastor John's 52 years of faithful ministry is as much a testimony to you as it is to him, talking about the church. Mm -hmm. May God richly reward you for faithfulness. Thank you for the way you've cared for me and my family during my imprisonment. 35 days he was in jail, in solitary confinement. Your love and prayerful support were vital to our steadfastness in the face of suffering. The letter from the elders was an immense encouragement. The support from Dr. Businitz, who's over the Masters and the Masters Seminary, where he went, mm-hmm. was both humbling and strengthening, and the pastoral care provided by Pastor John was comforting. It was also a rich blessing to receive letters from a number of you while in prison. Those letters provided necessary fuel for my resolve. My wife, Erin, also sends her greetings and thankfulness She was and continues to be greatly strengthened by your letters. You poured into her early in her spiritual development and are still pouring into her now. You have suffered well for the gospel. It is an indescribable blessing to join you in that suffering. Our congregations have been counted worthy for this purpose. May we rejoice in this as did the apostles in their sufferings. Jesus Christ is the sovereign Lord over all creation. And the supreme head of the church, we will bow to him and him alone. Only he is worthy. And now may he continually strengthen you unto all faithfulness, and may he constantly radiate his honor and glory through you. To him be the glory forever. Amen. James Coates. Now, he writes that from Canada, where they are holding underground church meetings Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Now, stop and think about that for a second underground church meetings i mean if i would have just read that letter and i had not talked about canada or you hadn't mentioned it 
you might think that he's writing from China mm. or from Korea, mm-hmm. but this is Canada. This yeah. is in the Northwest. This is the first time in the West something like this has happened. And they have arrested him. They put him in jail. And, you know, their church put out a statement, a public statement about theirs. You can go to their website, gracelife.ca, gracelife.ca, because their church abided by the pandemic rules early on because they didn't know. Mm -hmm. But did you know this, Taylor? Ten years ago, the, the, the definition of a pandemic changed. Oh, no, I didn't. Yes. At one time, this used to be the definition of a pandemic, an infectious disease that resulted in a certain percentage of excess deaths over and above the annual average. That was the definition. But ne- uh, 10 years ago, they changed it and removed the threshold under H1N1 and to, to redefine what a pandemic is. And so now you have people like flight attendants on airlines that wield unbelievable power because this weekend when I was flying back, because of the, quote, pandemic, and I say that lightly, um, I was told that my mask was not far enough up my nose. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I mean, it was over my nostrils and covered the bottom third of my nose. But the flight attendant said it has to be higher. This is on Delta Airlines. And then the flight attendant who was in charge came to me because she felt so bad and said, um, you know, uh, don't feel bad. She just got on to me and I'm the supervisor. And I'm like, if you're the supervisor, why aren't you correcting her? Oh, I can't. Because three people have already lost their jobs. It's like a whistleblower. Wow. So the pandemic has given, uh, because listen, if you don't listen, you decide, hey, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. They can have you arrested. You can have to pay a huge fine. So think about the power that wields to people, one, that have no medical training. Mm -hmm. These people don't have medical training. They don't have law enforcement training, legal training. And subjectively, they are telling you how high a mask has to be up on your nose. And if you don't comply, then they have the right to have you arrested. And, I mean, she came by and offered me another mask at the end because she said, sir, it's obvious your mask keeps slipping down. I said, no, I, I have it down because I it fogs up my glasses. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, you have to have it further up your nose. And I'm like, okay, so you go back to where we were a year ago. I remember laughing out in California when it said you had to put on a mask in between bites. I laughed at that. And now that's not laughable anymore because that's the, the language that they're using in on airlines and other places. And these federally, uh, these federal properties, it's a federal law. So you break federal law Mm. and they're the ones that become witnesses against you. Mm. It's really an unbelievable power grab and, this pastor up there is suffering for it in his church. In his church, yeah. but they're they're not quitting. They're standing firm. So. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, big news came out, you know, with them as well, and we'll cover that when we get back uh, from the break. So stick with us. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. David Crowder with All My Hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are talking a little bit, as we do in the first segment, about the news uh, over the weekend. And we're bleeding a little bit into the second segment, talking about uh, what is going on up in Canada. Um, A pastor has been jailed for 35 days. He's been let out. Um, The church was continuing to meet, and the uh, provincial government did not like that. And so then they... Went and I put I think put a few fences uh, a few layers of fences up um, to stop the church from meeting over the weekend. Then there was uh, like three hundred something people there uh, who were singing hymns, and then there was a few people who I guess were not uh, aligned with the church who went and ended up tearing down uh, the fence uh, or some a portion of the fence. And two hundred something uh, officers and riot gear showed up. And then after that, the, the church members actually helped the police rebuild the fence. Yeah. Um, so it is a uh, interesting, uh, well, you know, on. we've been talking about persecution over the last few weeks and how to respond to it. And, uh, I want to read a statement by that pastor. He, we just read a letter, um, that he wrote to pastor John MacArthur, but he, they put this statement on their website. Um, and you know, they had last July, two separate individuals that had attended their gatherings on two consecutive Sundays that were positive for the virus. And what they did is they shut down their church meetings for two weeks when that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they did that to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. But when it was evident that there was no further spread, they resumed normal gatherings. This is last summer. Since then, they gathered 28 Sundays to date without any incident. And so they have done a lot of research. They've interacted with doctors and frontline healthcare workers. And what they saw was that the negative effects of the government lockdown far surpassed the effects of COVID-19. 
And they said the science being used to justify the lockdown is suspect and very selective. That's true. Mm -hmm. In fact, there was no evidence that lockdowns are effective in mitigating the spread of the virus. In fact, if you look at the state of Florida as compared to other places, you see there's virtually either no difference or it's less here. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they had a grave concern that COVID-19 was being used to alter society and strip people of civil, civil liberties and, um, and create a dependence on the government and government authority instead of a free, prosperous, independent culture that, that is better for all the people that live within that society. Yep. And he said... We believe love for our neighbor demands that we exercise the civil liberties we have under Canadian law. And we did not see our actions as either perpetuating COVID-19 or any other virus. Uh, In fact, we see our actions as contributing to the end, the end of destructive lockdowns as and the end of an attempt to institutionalize the debilitating fear of a viral infection. And and I thought that was a pretty, you know, clear statement he made. And um, he said, our local church is clear evidence that the government lockdowns are unnecessary. In fact, it was evidence of how harmful they are. Without going into a lot of detail, he says, they lost the life of one of their congregates who was denied health care due to a lockdown measure put Mm -hmm. in place. So he said that up there where they live, 130,000 Albertans tested positive for the virus. That's less than 3% of the population up there. And and he said even the test used to give that number gives a lot of false positives. And he said 99.99% of the people who contract the virus fully recover. And he said their providence or their province is currently reporting only 1,700 COVID-related deaths. Now, any death is a is a terrible. Mm-hmm. But people die every year from the flu, from other things. So 1,700 COVID-related is what they say deaths. And, and if you understand what they're saying, they're not saying COVID deaths. They're saying COVID-related. So if you have COVID and you die from a comorbidity, then then mm. they attribute that to COVID, even though it could have been something else right. related to it. So, um, And they haven't seen a statistical increase in deaths uh, since they started meeting. Okay? And so, right. so they, they were doing all this, and, you know, I just think they're, they're committed to getting together to encourage the body to go out to love their neighbor and to do it. And a lot of churches in the U.S. have not met yeah. in a long time. And I, I I applaud this pastor for being firm, so firm that he was willing to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it was outlawed for you to go worship with your fellow believers, would you still go? If the federal government says, no, you can't do that, are you willing to do like they are now they are meeting underground Mm -hmm. like they do in china like they do in north korea and so they are responding by saying you know what 
we are going to assemble and we are going to go out and spread the gospel because that's what God has called us to do. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if they pursue them even underground, you know, into people's homes and stuff as far as meeting and because uh, that's a, you know, talking about being afraid of the authoritarianism that is brought about by the virus. Uh, that's, a I would say, a legitimate and serious concern. And, you know, especially with what you were talking about in uh, just the airports here in this country, talking about it is federal law, you know, that uh, if you don't wear your mask properly, you know, you can get arrested. And, and well, you like can. That. If a flight attendant goes up and tells the captain they have a disruptive pastor, passenger who's not wearing their mask, you can be arrested and fined when you land. And you said they, they make announcements uh, 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 yes. uh, to that effect in the airport. And it's all in the airport that is about just, it being federal law. That is what type of dystopian, you know, world is that? That is, that's unimaginable, you know, even a year ago when, you know, the first lockdown started. Um, but it's more and more frequently we're headed there and, and you know, it's hard to say at this point that it has anything to do with the virus and it has everything to do with control. Well, it, it is. And here's the thing. When I talked to this particular flight lead of this flight, they said that this is going to be going on for a while, mm-hmm. uh, at least they think the next year. And so, you know, if you, it is federal law, it became effective back in, um, in uh, February mm-hmm. uh, that, um, uh, it's a federal law. That was one of Biden's uh, first executive orders, correct? Yes, yeah. it was. And, um, you know, if if you are not aware of it, you, you get up there, you must wear a mask over the nose and mouth. And here's what's crazy. It's subjective. I talked to three different supervisors after I landed, and they said, well, it's subjective. It's subjective. So think about the power now that has been put into the hands of every flight attendant. They have, they see laws should not be subjective. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a real problem Mm -hmm. for us. Um, It's not subjective. It, It shouldn't be, but it is. If somebody thinks that you don't have your mask pulled up enough, they can, uh, charge you with do it. They can be a witness against you. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, putting power in the hands of petty tyrants. And that's what those people are. You know, you give them a little bit of authority and they get puffed up and say, okay, this is what, you know, how we're going to behave and, and forget, I guess, uh, hmm. common decency really. And, and I guess you could say from a Christian perspective, forget to be gracious. And, and, uh, it's just, it, I think it's, uh, showing, kind of the the ugliness uh the ugly side of uh our culture you know that that it can go pretty authoritarian pretty quick yeah well here's the thing they have removed thousands of passengers for mask related issues now and you saw the thing last last week of a two-year-old girl eating cereal and they kicked the whole family off of the off of a flight because she didn't have her mask on right while she was eating it just just you know is beyond you know it's hard to comprehend that level of because it's caught on video Mm -hmm. of just you know pettiness really um it's just it's wild well and you can get hit with some pretty big fines apparently uh if you don't do it i mean and so and all it is is some flight attendant on a flight who decides you know what you don't have it uh and uh 
And a lot of people, you know, they used to be able to wear these neck date gaiters and mm-hmm. bandanas. Some airlines won't let you wear that. <laughs> I mean, they, they won't. And um, so anyway, it's just, um, it, it's it was interesting because it just really, for me, I, I was like, wow, I've, I've been flying for a long time with Delta. And I was shocked at they, they were telling you how far up the nose you were supposed to wear yeah and you know it's getting more and more petty more and more ridiculous and until people say you know enough is enough it's going to keep getting that way yeah you know what i mean until people are like show in mass not just like individuals being belligerent but in mass large groups of people saying you know we're not standing for this anymore it's just going to keep happening and it's not going to stop well here's the thing you can remove the mast if you are actively vomiting (laughs) so they uh they do give you freedom to do that uh, if if you have a very specific disability or if you're under two or if you're unable to breathe without oxygen and you have on an oxygen. But other than that, they're pretty tough on it. And so um, just be aware of that. I think, I think it's going to hurt the flight industry. I think people aren't going to be flying. I'm not. Um, but, you know, um, going back to that pastor up in Canada, I think – you know where we're at as a country we should not be surprised if we see lockdowns in some places in fact you know california pastor macarthur has been fine mm-hmm. for meeting and they've continued to meet and i i don't know i think they're still in litigation over that and um one of the things that was so encouraging about that particular letter was how he was encouraging that church mm. that church who was suffering encouraged him writing him and now he's writing back to encourage them and that's the body that's you know a unified church they felt a strong unity mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to be looking at this week is, is really the church should be a church of unity and purity and today and tomorrow we're going to look at unity in acts 432 through 513 this week and uh, so i hope people will stay with us and we'll talk about being unified All right, we will be back with more after the break, so stay tuned. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. That is Even If by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are going to be looking at Acts chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 32 this week. Um, we know that there is other news that's gone on uh, uh, as far as last night, as far as what happened 
in uh, Minneapolis, but we are going to talk about that tomorrow because we got to get into the word today. So um, stay tuned, tune in tomorrow. But for now, we're going to go into Acts uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 32. Yeah, and just a quick recap of what's going on in Acts. We, um, we've been looking at the birth of the church. Uh, remember, Acts was written by Luke to um, Theophilus, and it was written uh, documenting how the Holy Spirit was working through Jesus' followers. In the same way, uh, Luke documented how the Holy Spirit worked in Jesus as Jesus, uh, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, brought the word to people, called followers to follow, and uh, preached repentance and belief. And he instructs his followers in uh, Acts chapter 1 to do the same thing, to preach his kingdom and to uh, call people to follow him, to start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and just kind of expand out, and to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, we see that Spirit come in, and they speak in unknown, I'm sorry, they speak in known languages that they haven't been trained for. It's a key thing. This is not uh, a private prayer language they are speaking in in Acts 2. It is a known language that they were not trained to speak and the apostles so the 12 apostles are proclaiming uh, with people as the holy spirit's poured out that jesus of nazareth is messiah and they're proclaiming the old testament texts of prophecies and the gospel to people as they're proclaiming that people respond three thousand people respond to the gospel that day it goes from 120 Believers and followers of Jesus to now 3,000, and after they respond, over 3,000. And then um, it says the apostles were teaching, they had fellowship, worship, instruction, and they were daily bringing people in. And then uh, we go into Acts chapter 3, where we saw Peter heal the lame beggar. He goes, He and John go into the temple. Guy had been lame for over 40 years. They heal him, and after that, Peter preaches and James preaches a message, and 5,000 men, 5,000 men trusted Christ, and probably their families too. Mm-hmm. And so they think there could be anywhere from eight to Fifteen to 20,000 new believers. So the church is just exploding, right? And the Pharisees were distraught because they were preaching in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, who they crucified. And Peter, in Acts 2 and here in Acts 4, said, you did it. You killed the Messiah. You were supposed to testify to Messiah. And we, and last time, well, last week, we kind of recapped, again, the responding to persecution because they were being persecuted they were arrested they were told to stop and just like that pastor up in canada they said no we're, we're going to keep preaching the gospel we're going to keep gathering and that's what they did they were gathering and they were preaching and what we see um, at the end of acts 4 is the first um, part that we want to deal with of god's church remember we saw the first uh, we saw the birth of the church in chapter 2. We we saw the first sermon of the church uh, there in 2 and the response. And then what we're going to see, we saw the persecution, the first persecution of the church. 
now we're going to see the first sin of people in the church because this is the the church. It's God's a gathering. Uh, you know, the word church is used here for the first time in this text this week. Uh, it's ecclesia. It means a gathering of people. The church is never the building. It's the gathering of people. It's the people themselves. They are the bride. And God calls his church to be a church of unity and to be a church of purity. And he, he lays out the purity in verse 32 through 37 or 36, maybe 37. Um, 37. Yeah, yes, 37. And then Acts 5, 1 through 13, he lays out purity. And these are two very important principles. And just, Taylor, how old are you? 31. So let's say, I want to ask you a question. Let's say we transported Peter into the 21st century. We brought him here through a time machine, and you took him to a megachurch meeting here. Mm-hmm. In town, wherever, some other town, it doesn't matter. He goes in. What do you think his response is as he just kind of sees how we do it compared to what they did? I think he'd have a number of responses. I think one, and when it's over, he'd be like, that's it? Like, you know, it's just one day? Um, where You know, okay, that's Sunday. Okay, let, now what's the rest of it? But then also depending on, you know, the message coming out of the church, I think he would have something to say about that as well. Well, well, here's one of the big differences I see, and we're going to get into it in this text as we get into the purity. But there's two, you know, we talk about unity and purity. How unified is the church in the Western world? Not, not very. What, what if you took the unity of the church and translated the attitude of the church with its emphasis on unity and put that in the Marine Corps? How do you think they would be as a fighting force? Probably not too effective. Why? Because they wouldn't be, you know, united, and there wouldn't be a, a structure to to uh, facilitate the the means of the Marine Corps. What, what do you think unifies the Marine Corps? Um, discipline and a common vision and good leadership. It, well, I would say the common vision. Yeah. Common vision, like when you come in, you know what they tell every Marine. Your job is to kill the enemy. Yeah. That's your job. That's your job. So so whether you're a pilot, whether you're a cook, it does not matter. Your job as a Marine, you know that's the defining mission of your uh, existence, right? Mm-hmm. So the church, what's our mission? Well, if you go to this church over here, they would say, we need to do this. You go to this one over here, we need this. Or... We might even give lip service, well, to make disciples. Well, we say that, but how are we doing with making disciples? Are we really making third, fourth generation disciples, people that are discipling others that are discipling others? Um, Are we believing that that's up to the leaders, the people who are the paid professionals? And so God calls his church to be a church of unity, and he gives a great example in Acts four thirty two through thirty seven, and I'm going to have you read that text today, and we're going to look because this church hasn't had discipleship training yet; they hadn't been trained in unity, mm-hmm. but they had the Holy Spirit. And I want you to just read the text, and we're going to come back and kind of look at each one of these 
these issues of unity and purity, unity today and tomorrow, and then purity the last half tomorrow and Wednesday. All right. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of land, lands or houses sold them and brought, and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold the field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so twice in this text is the phrase, laid it at the apostles' feet. So they laid it at the apostles' feet because they they knew there were needs and they trusted these apostles to meet those needs. Now, another phrase that we see in this passage is one heart and soul. Um, no one held on to anything. Uh, no needy persons among them. I mean, when you think about our church, if you just took the one heart and soul, that was what we were talking about, common vision. I mean, I think when it talks about one heart and soul, this is what Jesus prayed for in John 17 when he said, Father, I pray not only for them, talking about his disciples, but everyone who would believe because of them. So does that include you mm-hmm. and me? Yeah. If you're listening and you're a believer, it includes you. And this is what he prays. I pray that they would be one like you and me and the Holy Spirit are one. Now, there's no greater relational bond than the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why is it that that's not a priority to the church? I mean, we talk about priorities. We prioritize building programs. We prioritize uh, missions to other countries. But Jesus prayed that we would be one. And if we're not one, why do you think that is? Like, why are we not one? What is it that makes us not one in spirit, not one in soul, not one in vision? Why is that? Uh, I mean, like if you were looking in as a young guy, looking at it going, this is why, I mean, like, what do you assess? I'm just asking you. I think I know what why I think it is, but I'm just curious to know what you think. Uh, you know, I think it would be uh, the fear of really selling out for what that would look like to be one in Christ and, and just kind of a, well, I guess a lack of vision of what that could mean and just a complacency with how things have always been. Yeah. That would be my thought. I, I think that um, one of the biggest reasons is that uh, – that Satan has attacked from the inside. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what we have is a bunch of little kingdoms mm-hmm. instead of his kingdom. Yeah. We have a bunch of little empires instead of people who see, uh, they don't see Taylor, uh, the believer. They see Taylor, the Methodist. Mm-hmm. They don't see Doug, the believer they see doug the baptist or the presbyterian or whatever denomination you want to say right and you know that's part of the big problem is we've 
we've been defined more by our division than we are what unites us. Yeah. So I want to pick up on that when we come back. All right. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to Slap Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Today, um, this week, we are looking at uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, but then uh, chapter 5 through um, 11, uh, as, or 1 through 11, excuse me, as well. So if you have any questions about that or you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Hey, I want to go back to uh, something we were talking about earlier about the Marines. It, it's not just vision. That's a part of it. But do you know what else unites people in the Marine Corps? Do you, do you know how the Marines train you? Yeah. They break you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And they break everybody the same. Mm-hmm. You go through, you're humiliated. Everybody gets their head shaved. Everybody gets pushed to the point of exhaustion. You have a shared common experience. And, and this early church confessed Christ in the middle of a time where it could be deadly for them, it could bring persecution for them. And for us, we confess Christ, most of us, in a time where there's very little cost. And you, you, I was just thinking about that pastor from the, the church up in Canada where he's been, he went to solitary confinement for 35 days mm-hmm. because he opened up his church and they had a church meeting and defying the government's orders not to do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, do you think he feels a shared common experience? Even though John MacArthur wasn't locked up, his church is being fined. He's been harassed. Mm -hmm. Do you think he feels a common experience with that? 
Yeah. Yeah, because you do. And what I wish would happen for pastors in this country is that we would be firm and stand up for the gospel to get the gospel out. And we're going to see one of the things uh, tomorrow and Wednesday about the purity of the church that we have so changed the way a structure of the church looks that non-believers feel comfortable, even though they haven't had a yearning to know more about Jesus, they don't have a yearning to leave their sin. We have created an environment where these unbelievers feel comfortable. And we're going to see during the you know the first part of acts 5 that when ananias and sapphira gets whacked by god god takes them off the face of the earth it said nobody dared join them and it's talking about the unbelievers that were out there mm. uh it's talking about people who were watching going okay this is serious i'm not going to do this mm. imagine just imagine for a second if people do you think people get in the marine corps and they know what's what's awaiting them does anybody get in the marine corps naive about it being difficult no no i I wouldn't think so no most people know right Mm -hmm. the way we invite people to hey come to church we're having a pizza party you're going to hear about jesus and have some pizza you know And, and we invite people who have lived a rebellious life and they're still in their rebellion and, and and we create a church environment. Now, I'm not talking about an outreach where you go out in the community and you do something where you just – I'm talking about the church gathering environment was for believers. Yeah. And it got changed somewhere along the line to where we made it about unbelievers feeling comfortable instead of a shared common experience of believers – deeply committed to the holiness of God, deeply committed to God's principles and word, deeply committed to being one heart and soul, and the testimony about Jesus of Nazareth being Messiah, it became about, well, we've got to make it so they feel comfortable in here. Yeah. And and that has created a lot of problems within the church of America in the Western church as a whole, because we've exported that mm-hmm. to other places. And that's why it's really funny. I can remember talking with a guy a long time ago about, you know, you know what a seeker driven church is or a seeker sensitive church. It's when you are, you know, you want to make the church fun. Mm-hmm. You want to make it relevant. Um, I mean, it, the Bible is relevant, right? Yeah. But but you want to try to make the person feel as comfortable as they can. That doesn't work in other countries. You, you go to Africa and mm-hmm. it doesn't work. You go into China, it doesn't work. You go into Iraq, it doesn't work. Why? Because the church is a gathering of believers. Only in a consumer-driven society can you have a consumer-driven church like I mean, when you build the 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 gathering time each week, like we have, and so being a church of unity, like he's called us to be, is first of all having one heart and soul, and it says their testimony to the resurrection had great power. Why? Because of God's grace, and because when they saw brothers and sisters in need, they were immediately moved to meet that need. 
Whereas here, our our when you have a consumer driven church, your first response is, "Man, I hope somebody helps them." Mm. Not, "What can I do to help mm-hmm. them?" Yeah, you understand? Mm-hmm. Do you do you does it? Do you see that too? Do you kind of see that in our Western church here? Yeah, I, I do, and and I think it's not even just the ones that are you know seeker sensitive or seeker friendly, but it is trickled into you know churches that don't uh, attribute that to themselves. But uh, you know when a new person comes in, and uh, you know I've been that new person a lot of times, and people just kind of look at you and, and oh, it's a new guy here. Yeah, yeah. Wonder and, what he's like. Yeah. I wonder if he's a real guy or not. But, yeah. But yeah, and that's why you know most people when they go to church, if you're consumer driven, you go in there for what you get. Mm-hmm. You're too consumed with your own needs being met to notice a new person and go up to him and say, and get past the awkwardness, say, this guy, you know, if he's not a believer and he's here, I want him to know. And if he is a believer, I want him to feel welcome. Right. And you go, well, that's just awkward. Well, it is awkward, Mm -hmm. but you know, this is what persecution does. It gets you beyond awkward really quick. Mm Mm-hmm. If, if can you imagine if they were rounding up believers and throwing them in jail and you're at a gathering do you think there's going to be curiosity seekers there probably not Mm-mm. if anybody's going to be there it's going to be people that want to know and you're going to be oh man you, this person is serious because they're here mm-hmm. the problem for our for most of us is our attitude is well i don't know if this person's a real deal or not yeah I mean, they don't even look interested Mm -hmm. because they come more to hear how good the pastor communicates than they do what God's word says. And that's just the state of where we are as a consumer driven church. But this is laid out for us in Luke to understand God's priority for his bride is for us to be unified. Jesus prayed it. And I just think it starts with us individually. And so you may not be an elder at your church. You may not be a deacon or a person who has authority in your church, but you can still start with you on having unity. Unity is is in community. You go there. It's with unity with other believers. And so, you know, if, if you go into your gathering and you don't know people, get to know them. Intra- hey, uh, you know, my name's Doug. I just wanted to welcome you. I haven't seen you. I don't know if you've been going here long, but I just wanted to know your name. I mean, if somebody did that to you, how would that make you feel? I mean, if you didn't know them. Yeah, I mean, especially if they're genuine with the way they do it, it's like, oh, hey, yeah. this is, you know, I'm interested in this place. And, uh, you know, at least this person seems to be a good representative of, of what the church is about, which isn't, you know, just the average everyday consumerism uh that you see in a lot of churches yeah you don't you don't go up to them and hey how are you and then start telling them a lot of stuff trying to sell them on anything just go up and ask them hey uh, welcome today you know how long have you been going here or just get to know them a little bit communicate with them i i just think that this church of unity this concept of unity is such a missing element in so many of our churches, and I know we try to have small groups. Um, small groups are hard. Mm. I mean, we talk about the unity of the church, and and people do identify um, 
with denominations. They identify with particular churches. That unity is not based on a particular church you go to. It's based on Jesus. Mm -hmm. And your loyalty, your loyalty is to the followers of Jesus after him. I mean, and so... um, I, I know we have gr- good churches and great churches here in town, but those churches are all led by Jesus. And we can never forget that when he calls us to unity, we are to be one with him, not just one with our church, uh, uh, you know, because our church is cool and we like mm-hmm. it and we mm-hmm. like our, our pastor and all this. No, we are one with him. We have one heart and soul with his vision, his vision one heart and soul with the testimony that only Jesus saves. And so when we come back tomorrow, we're going to continue looking at this and get into also uh, the purity aspect and looking at, we're going to look at Barnabas, which was, by the way, his nickname, Mm -hmm. uh, which means son of encouragement. We're going to look at Ananias and Sapphira, a contrast in unity and in purity in both of them. And so um, hopefully, if you want to, go to Acts 4.32, read it, and uh, all the way through 5.13. That's what we're going to be looking at tomorrow and Wednesday. And by the way, if you're listening and came to the discipleship meeting last month, we're doing part two tomorrow night at the Salem Center. Uh, Shoot me an email and let me know, and uh, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. All right. That's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. Again, that's at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual